our biggest, like one of the biggest causes of unhappiness is comparison, mm. comparing ourselves to others. So I would recommend like, stop comparing yourself. Like don't compare yourself to other people. Like there's only one you. Like how amazing is that? Welcome to Doing It For The Dharma. In this series, I'll be interviewing inspiring women who are following their soul's calling. I'm your host, Maddie Lynch, the vegan yogi traveler, where it is my mission to connect with and spread the message of empowering women on this planet so you too can have the courage and knowledge to take the leap and follow your life purpose. Hey beautiful souls, I am back with another episode of Doing It For The Dharma and this time I actually have an interview to bring you. So in this episode you'll hear me and my very wonderful friend Hannah. This is another Hannah as we've already had a Hannah but there's two Hannahs and this is a new one. So yes, Hannah and I met uh, about this time last year at GGI, Gogon International event. It was like a Christmas close swap and we connected so well and we've been really really good friends since then and yeah oh my god I just love this episode so much we are two Gemini's so I must admit we did talk for quite a long time we dived into a lot of different subjects but this is just the nature of our souls being so I hope it resonates with you and yeah Hannah tells us all about her experiences of volunteering for six months in Zambia with Peace Corps and all of the highs and lows of that and living without running water and electricity and yeah so so interesting we dive into the area of feminism and how we can tap back into yeah just just allowing ourselves to be more of a feminist within our own lives and what that really actually means We dive into a whole other range of subjects as well, including Hannah's journey with environmental um, action, and it includes all of her work that she's doing and links in with her volunteering. Yeah, we just have a really feel-good conversation. We do like to laugh a lot, so hopefully you pick up on those high-flying vibes throughout the episode. And before you actually get to the episode, we will play a little clip of a song Hannah has sung with her ukulele, and it's so, so beautiful. And yeah, I hope you enjoy it, and I'll catch you on the flip side. Didn't I, my dear 
Didn't I, my dear? Welcome, Hannah, to Doing It for the Dharma. Hi, Maddie. So good to have you on the pod. And for everyone, just for context, we Hannah just made the most amazing curry that we've just enjoyed. We've already mm-hmm. spoken for like, I don't know, it feels like several hours already. <laughs> <laughs> but we're here. We're here to give you an episode of the pod. So, Hannah, can you please tell us what Dharma means to you? Sure. So, what does Dharma mean to me? Dharma, I guess... Um, I never really thought about it until um, I, I heard one of your podcasts and then I thought, what does Dharma mean to me? Um, but it means doing things that feel good on an intuitive level, I would say. Mm. Yeah, like what feels right at the core. Wow. I love that. That's awesome. Thank you, Hannah. And can you tell us just a little bit about yourself, just a little bit about who you are, where you're from, a little bit of background before we dive in? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm originally from Washington State, which is, um, yeah, the Pacific Northwest of the U.S. And I come from an area that's very beautiful. We have evergreens, um, ginormous, beautiful greenery, um, trees everywhere, mountains everywhere, right on the coast, lakes, forests. Uh, yeah, like when you, if you love nature, <laughs> you have to come check out uh, Washington State. So yeah, it's similar to the landscape as like uh, Vancouver, BC, mm. Oregon, Portland. Yeah, that's where I'm from. And um, I've been living in Germany for Three, three and a half years or so. Oh my gosh. Yeah, three, yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. With some breaks in between, I also went back to the U.S. for like six months for a mm. semester in Arizona. Um, but in total, like three or three and a half years. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty, awesome. pretty wild. <laughs> and okay, so you're living in the U.S. before. Now, obviously, you're living in Germany. Are you able to talk a little bit about that whole transition here and maybe like the contrast of the cultures and like how that whole experience was? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, um, I, after I graduated my bachelor's degree, I, I, I went into the Peace Corps. So I, I was a volunteer in Zambia, Africa. This is just to give a, a snapshot. And then I was living in California after that experience working. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cool. So I was I was doing this uh, working for this this organization that also does volunteer abroad programs for mm-hmm. college students. Okay. And I had a crazy, crazy job. Like I was on the road and like basically going from university <laughs> to university, like one per week, mm-hmm. running into like twenty classrooms per day <laughs> and like talking in front of five hundred students and saying Hi everyone! If you've ever wanted to go to Australia, New Zealand, Costa Rica, like crazy, like here's a flyer, here's a flyer, and getting people to come to me. Yeah, it was, it was a wild time. Well, anyways, it, it went really well, and then they offered me like a full time position in mm. Northern California, so I was like, great, cool, sweet, and um, yeah, but then things kind of went a little bit sour mm. with the organization, and um, 
yeah, and some other <laughs> some other things kind of, uh, yeah, it, it didn't turn out to be like the dream come true for all of us that signed on. So it, it was, wasn't so peaceful. After yeah, all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So okay. Um, mm. In the meantime, um, I I had been in contact with this German man who I had met in Australia years okay. before. Yeah, I'm Let's getting a little bit up. carried up, no. carried away. Let's yeah. hold up because <laughs> yeah. you just mentioned like okay, okay. So I know a little bit about this already because obviously we're really good friends. But you just mentioned volunteering in Zambia, so maybe we can just go there a little bit before we come to Germany because obviously this is is not an experience that everybody has, right? So can you just talk about that whole experience yeah. in Zambia? Yeah, totally. Because that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So cool. It, it was crazy. Mm. Um, crazy, cool, everything. Mm. And yeah, so I I finished my, my bachelor's in 2014. And what did you study? I yeah. studied sociology and minored in women's studies. Oh my God. Good. Yeah. I also didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I have a whole mm. story of how I became official feminist and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're going into that next. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Just so you guys uh, know, there's like two Geminis on the podcast, so we're going to be like leaping everywhere. <laughs> yeah, touching on many different subjects here. Okay. Uh, yeah. Cool. So I, you know, had the... Uh, the question in my mind of what do I want to do after I graduate? Mm. Do I want to, I don't know, start working right away, continue with school? Do I want to travel? I'm not sure. And I don't really remember how, but at some point Peace Corps came to my mind and I started learning about it and Mm. learned, okay, um, basically you go, the idea is that you go to another country for 27 months. So over two years. That's crazy. And Peace Corps, yeah, it is crazy. <laughs> and Peace Corps is only in countries where they've um, welcomed, they want volunteers. Okay. So there's different sectors within Peace Corps. So there's mm. like health, education, environment, technology, different sectors. And yeah. basically a government says, all right, um, we want 27 education volunteers in mm. this region, basically. So um, that's how it works, and and I my idea was um, okay. I think it's a really nice idea to give back in some way, whatever that means. I didn't know at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I get to travel, see the world, learn about different cultures, meet different people. Mm. Sounds awesome, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> from the outside. Yeah, yeah, and it's a huge application process. So it's about like one year you have to start applying you have all these interviews you have to have a certain amount of um volunteer hours and then Mm. yeah a lot of vaccinations too Mm. as you can can imagine and yeah at some point I remember I got like the official letter and I was scrolling through it and it said okay Hannah uh you've been invited to be a community health volunteer in Zambia Zambia Africa wow and I was like I, I instantly started crying, and then I was like, oh my god, where is that? <laughs> I was like, uh, okay, I have to look at a map now, wow. because I wasn't sure where the country exactly was located. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a landlocked country in like mm. sub-Saharan Africa, and wow. I was like, I read on there, like, okay, five kilometers from the nearest water, and oh. no running water, no electricity, Holy shit. and then I was like... 
Holy shit. Okay, here we go. Here so we were go. you crying like tears of joy or like um, fucking help me? I don't know. Tears of like uh, horror as well. No, um, I think like excitement mm. and shock, shock and... as mm. well. It was just like wow. unbelievable. Like really just I couldn't mm. fathom that I would be having, I would have this experience soon. Mm. So yeah. So wow. um so then I yeah started prepping and um, was like all right I'm I'm gonna go to Zambia and I thought I would be there for 27 months. <laughs> so long. Yeah yeah wow. and uh, so I got there and how it works is the first three months is training so you mm. live with a local family and every day we we biked um, to a training center and when I say a, a training center I mean mm. like a gazebo. Wow. Uh, where oh like, snakes God. are like going through. I'm not Holy kidding. Shit. Yeah, that was, yeah, one time there was a giant snake going through the gazebo. Oh. And yeah, it was, <laughs> it was really tragic because actually they ended up stoning it. Oh. And it was really sad. But oh, like, wow. we were 35, 35 women and like mm. three men. And it was just like, <sighs> oh my <laughs> goodness. Yeah, it, was, it was wild. Wow. Um, yeah, and every day we, we learned the language that we would speak in the territory we would move to. Mm-hmm. And we learned how to manage projects that we would hopefully run or facilitate in the communities that they would um, send us to. Yeah. So yeah. I was learning all these things. And it was a huge, I mean, it was a huge culture shock, as, <laughs> as you can imagine. Yeah. Um, my, my host father, my first host father was... So sweet. I remember the first time I I got dropped off in a Peace Corps cruiser, like this this car, mm. a vehicle, and and I and I went out with my bag and my um, host father. You you say um, for father batata. So so my batata, my batata was outside and he was started singing and clapping a song. He's like, "Ah," like I don't even know what I have no idea what he actually said. Breathing me in a song and dance, and I was like, "Oh my God, he's my father!" Like, heck yes, like that is so my father in Zambia. Oh my God, I love it. It was so sweet, so sweet. So um, yeah, I stayed there for a couple months, and Mm. then um, then I had like my assignment to Southern Zambia, and meanwhile, like. Peace Corps in country is all run by locals, so it's it's not mm. like um, Americans um, really. I mean, well, some Americans are there, but mostly it's Zambians that you're learning from, okay. which I think is really good too. Yeah, they know the culture, the language, mm. and it just makes sense. So then I went to my community, and the first three months is called community entry. Okay. So you're technically not allowed to leave your community. Uh, yeah, because they really want you to integrate into Mm. the community. And the whole idea with Peace Corps is that you, um, they say work yourself out of a job, which means, it means like, you know, there's this whole concept with international development or Mm. sustainable development of this kind of like, maybe you've heard of like white savior complex Mm. of like. I'm going to go in and, and yeah. heal and save all of the people. Mm. And that's just like messed up in so many ways, I think. Yeah. Um, and Peace Corps really acknowledges this and tries to do it differently. Mm. Whether or not it's happening, that's another debate. Yeah. But they try to do it differently in the sense of like, 
bringing in projects and working with and empowering local people mm. to lead and be and so that the volunteers, the Peace Corps volunteers, can be actually more like facilitators. Okay. So kind of work alongside and like kind of support so that local people can really take ownership of mm. all the projects and yeah. everything that's going on. That's which I, I think in theory sounds amazing and mm. great. Like yeah. I can stand behind that idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm. So that's what I tried to do. And so I showed up to this community and it's the driest part of, of um, Zambia where I was living. Oh, so it's, wow like just it was completely brown like desolate like they really have a um deforestation issue as Mm. well so they just they use a lot of the wood for cooking for everything um and Mm. you can really see the land is like wow we need to get trees in here because otherwise the soil is going to be degraded like I don't know how it's going to be in like 20 years 30 50 100 years I'm not sure like it was really hard to see when I came from a place that was so green and lush Mm -hmm. and mountainous it was I actually even shed a tear as I was driving to my my Mm -hmm. placement I was Mm -hmm. like I I asked uh my Zambian driver like where are the trees where are the trees and Whoa. like yeah it so was, were they like the, chopping them all down for yeah. cooking and stuff yeah yeah they cuts? For, yeah exactly wow. for building cooking mm. absolutely everything um because they didn't really have another source yeah really so but they weren't wow. replanting right um it was mm. kind of like survival mode really mm. yeah wow but, um that it was yeah it was intense and so i arrived there and had a different experience with my host father he uh, he, they practiced polygamy there. So he had three wives and 19 children. Holy moly. <laughs> a lot to manage. Jesus. Yeah. My dad complained about having one child. Like, fuck 19. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And, um, yeah, as you can imagine, I mean, like I really saw how difficult it was for a lot of the women there because, mm they had to rely on the man typically to distribute the resources as he wishes. Mm-hmm. So it was really up to him. How, how many resources does this wife number one or wife number two get for these six kids? That's and if crazy. he's not giving it, mm-hmm. giving them the resources, then they don't have resources or, or soap to wash themselves, to go to school. Like Whoa. it was Crazy. Like, I remember one time I was, uh, my, my host sister was in my hut. I had, like, a hut by myself. Mm. And she was there, and I said, oh, like, why aren't you in school today? And she said, we, we have no soap. We have no soap. And it was just, Whoa. yeah, like, so heartbreaking to mm. see that. Um, and, yeah, also, like, there, are, there were other issues. My host father, he was an alcoholic, so mm. I guess that he was probably spending some of the family's money on drinking, and so, mm. but, yeah, I was, I was really out there. I mean, I, I had no, no running water, no electricity. Um, I just had a little solar charger for a light at night, mm. and I was um, about a kilometer from uh, a hand pumping, um, a hand pump for water. Whoa. So I would like strap on jerry cans to my bike every day mm. and go and pump water. And yeah, I mean, I was like out there, like in the bush, um, completely like, <laughs> I did have a phone actually. Like I mm. could access 
Um, like I could get online a little mm. bit, but it was super spotty and I couldn't really like load a page mm. and read. How did you charge on. it? They had electricity. A solar, solar. Oh, you yeah. Said, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wow, that's so intense. And how how long were you with this host family for in the in the really dry part? Yeah, so I lived in that area for over six months. Whoa. Yeah. So what did you like? daily routine look like for six months yeah good question um yeah i would wake up and see my mosquito net around me <laughs> I have to sleep with this mosquito net. yeah and um then i would um make breakfast i had like a little um stove that i would mm. use and then um, what did you eat um they like in the actual village they did not have a lot they mm. mostly they had tomatoes onions and this green um lettuce thing that was like the only vegetables they had Whoa. and then they had some things that they got from town like they had like some eggs or like if you needed shampoo or something maybe they had that mm. but if you wanted like more than that then you would have to go to town basically mm. and how far um, would the town be um in context mm, if I were to go into a vehicle, it would be an hour and a half. Whoa. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty far. Um, crazy. I mean, my family, everybody eats um, something called shima. And shima is made out of um, maize or corn. Mm. And basically, they grind this corn into like a kind of like a flour yeah. kind of thing. And then they boil it in mm. water. And then it becomes kind of a thick um substance chewy kind of almost like Whoa. a thick like malto meal do you know what that is it's like no. kind of like a porridgey okay. type thing yeah almost like polenta yeah sort of. oh god I yeah and like how they eat it is they have like shima clumps and they have like shima clump 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 <laughs> and then you're sitting there and of mm. course you know the host father the, the the males they get if there are stools then they get the stools mm. and then all the women sit on the ground Whoa. and then the kids sit on the ground and then the dogs all linger waiting for the food <laughs> <laughs> the typical setup yeah um and then because i'm yeah foreign and, and white i get a chair it's mm. really strange mm. um and so i'm sitting there and yeah basically you rip off this piece and like clump it in your hand and mash it into like a little ball so you're totally eating with your hands and then Mm. you like scoop whatever like vegetable they have with it actually at first I was very uh not into it and skeptical but by the end I was like shima and then like shima 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 yeah so hilarious so did you like eat that every day was that I would say I, I had right? some kind of like corn mm. um, substance, I guess, once a day. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my host mother, one of my host mothers, mm. used to <laughs> used to make like um, chibantu, chibantu, which was like this ground up maize with mm. um, water that was like really chewy, and then they would put sugar in it, and it was really sweet, oh, really wow. unhealthy, like horribly yeah. unhealthy, but like. Yeah. I don't know. I was like, it was so hot. I was mm. sweating all day and I was just like, give me the sugar. And yeah. I was like, drinking it. And like, <laughs> I was super unhealthy there. Mm. I had to take anti, uh, like um, malaria prophylaxis every mm. single day, Whoa. which is basically like taking a antibiotic 
for nine months. So you can imagine what kind Mm. of havoc that wreaked on my like digestion, digestive system, um, my whole well-being. Like I was so drained of energy. Mm. It was yeah. Wow, that's so intense. Yeah, it was so intense. And I mean, there there were so many beautiful experiences. but in the end, I, I, I tried to work with people in the community and, and empower them to take ownership of, of these projects. Like, I don't know, running a, a seminar on HIV AIDS prevention or mm. malaria prevention or neonatal health for, for women that are about to give birth or all mm. these kinds of things. And like people would often act as though they were very excited and enthusiastic mm. about leading these things. But yeah. then we would make a plan to meet and then no one shows up and wow. you know yeah. like there's only so long and then I, I started to question of like what what am I really doing like I didn't mm. come here to like run all of these things myself like that's not sustainable mm. it's not gonna be here and when once I leave and then yeah. why am I here and yeah my health was suffering and it was a, it was one of the hardest times of my life wow I, I can was, imagine yeah I was mm. really really lonely to be perfectly honest, like I was so lonely because I, I had no connection to people that I could relate to really on mm. any, on any level. Um, yeah, I've, ne- I guess, I've never. Yeah. Did they speak English? I guess not so much, uh, right? My host family couldn't really speak English mm. um, a little bit, but not yeah. really. There were some people who worked at the health clinic mm. uh, that could kind of speak some English, but. It was still, it was, it was so isolating. Yeah. Yeah. Cause even like being here in Germany and like, yeah, just like, I don't, I remember when I was here for the first couple months and like everyone around me was like speaking German and I just felt like fucking alien. Like what Mm -hmm. is going on? So I can imagine that would have been so tough. Like totally. Yeah. And I mean, you're also just, you don't, I was lacking in connection, but Mm. like always so noticed. You know, like I couldn't do anything anonymously because it's like, mm. there goes the white girl again. Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> the, like the only, I was literally the only white person that some people had ever seen in their life, Whoa. in their entire life. Wow. So, I mean, of course it's like, wow, that's really interesting to see somebody that you've like never mm. seen before. Of and course. you feel like a clown or Yeah, something. then you feel like really like every move you make is being watched. Everything. Whoa. But then on the other side, you're like lacking this connection of like, wow, I, I just want to like talk about like what's deeply going on with me. And I feel like I can't do that. Mm. And so that that was really, really hard. And um, yeah, there's like a stigma with volunteers of like, if you leave early, then mm. people are like, oh, why did, why did she leave early? What's going on there? You know, and it's right. like it, it was, yeah, it's a different kind of culture. Mm. And, but eventually I, I decided that like this is not serving me and therefore not serving anybody around me. My community is not gaining things from me. If I'm really not feeling healthy, not feeling happy, then yeah. like I don't I don't want to use my time this way. You know, mm-hmm. like there are other ways that I can give back if I want to give back. So, so true. Yeah. How did you like get to that decision was there like something that was like the the breaking straw or like was there something yeah I I wrote a lot of pro con lists and like Mm. gave numbers and weights to each point and like did that like 
four or five times. No way. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, wow. and then one time I got really, really sick. I thought I had malaria. Um, and it was, of course, like so hot, so mm. hot. Like, so I'm like dripping in sweat and I feel like I'm going to throw up and also like, like poop my pants, like mm-hmm. at the same time, like Whoa. at the same exact time. And I'm like, feel like I'm going to faint. I felt like I was going to faint. And so I'm like, okay, do I throw up? Do I mm. need to go to the toilet? Like mm. what's going on? And then I called like Peace Corps Medical and they're like, okay, you need to do a malaria test. You need to prick your finger. And so I'm like, oh, like in my hut, like almost fainting from like having to prick my finger. And Whoa. and yeah, yeah. So at that point, mm. I I realized like this is not working out. Like I'm really, <laughs> really hitting rock bottom. Like my, my health, you know, like wow. I couldn't make it to the toilet. Like I had to mm. like have a makeshift like, oh my God, there's a trash can. I have to use <laughs> You have to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying in the... Wow. Yeah, like, that's when I knew I hit rock, rock bottom. Wow. I'm like, wow, I just shit in a trash can in my, in my hut because I literally am, like, so sick. <laughs> okay. That's definitely the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> yeah, one could say that. Yeah. That's so, so intense. So what was the process of leaving? Could someone, like, come pick you up in some little truck or, like... How yeah. did that happen? Yeah, the crazy thing with Peace Corps is that it takes like one year to get in. And, mm. But the moment you say you want to leave, they yeah. like arrange a, a vehicle to pick you up like the next day. Wow. <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. Thank yeah. God for that. Yeah. So, wow. um, yeah, that's I, I basically, intense. yeah, had to say goodbye and let my community mm. know like, yeah, I'm leaving a little earlier than I thought. Mm. Um but I had to, I basically kind of had to like say like, um, my family at home needs me. Um, this is the right path for God because otherwise they wouldn't understand and mm. they would like feel bad if I were to say like, I'm unhappy. Yeah. Um, and if I say I'm really sick, then they feel like, oh my God, it's our fault that she's sick right. kind okay. of thing. So, mm. um, yeah. Yeah. Just different culture, I guess. Yeah. Wow. Like what a crazy experience. Yeah. Seriously. I think it's so, so cool that you've had that experience mm-hmm. and you have gone out there and like lived in the bush and like lived without running water and electricity mm-hmm. like not many people in like modern day society will ever experience such a thing yeah. right yeah I mean for me like the lack of running water and mm. electricity is kind of like doesn't really matter but like mm. what mattered to me was the lack of connection mm. that's what it was it was like I can I can mm. live without I can use solar and and have yeah. a light that you know whatever um, but to not have that mm. like human deep connection, oh, that's so what I can't true. live without. That's so true. I guess this is like, I think I mentioned this on the pod already, but like how like, yeah, the most important thing is, is connection. And that's why like isolation in prison is like the worst form of yes. punishment, right? Yes. Because yeah, we're, we're tribal. Like, we need that community. We Like, we, like think, I guess, like, the ego likes to think, like, no, I'm, like, fine by myself. I don't need anyone. But, like, actually, fuck, yeah. it's the most important thing. Absolutely. Wow. We're meant to, like, be in communities and be mm. around people and have these relationships mm. and really connect. Yes. 
So, so true. So, okay, you had that experience. So what did it look like afterwards? Like, obviously, your health was in a pretty questionable state. What did yeah. your recovery look like? Did oh. it take a long time? Yeah, yeah, it took a long time. I mean, it was one of those decisions, though, after I made it. I I instantly knew like I it was the right decision mm. and I I never regretted it yeah. like not once um I knew that mm. it was the right thing for sure yeah and yeah in terms of my health it definitely took some time um because I was not getting like the nutrients that I needed when I was there mm. like um eating a lot of like carbohydrates and like really mm. unhealthy food even though I was super sporty and active still it was like yeah, just the Sugar. whole environment, and then mm. when you're taking those kind of medications yeah. to prevent malaria, and wow. then, yeah, birth control or what all of these all these mm. kinds of things like it has a, it plays a um uh takes a toll on your mm. body and your whole system. Yeah. So it took me like many months, I would say, wow. till I was like regaining my strength and like I started yeah eating healthier and like exercising mm. and um I started noticing like my I had like a like a bulge in like my um my leg and mm-hmm. I was like oh my gosh that's a muscle coming back like, <laughs> I didn't realize like it was coming back in a really weird way I was like okay yeah, okay wow. regaining my strength mm. um so it's funny how it's so easy it feels so easy to lose our strength like physically mm. and it's so much harder to gain it back, right? right? Like so oh, true. Yeah. yeah. So so true. And I know you're from the mountains and I know like you you like go hiking and that kind of thing. So can you mm-hmm. just share a little bit about that and like how mm-hmm. old were you when you started? Because I know even now in Germany, like you like to go on your hikes like when you can. So <laughs> that so sounds cool. so cute. I'm going your hikes, yeah. Um <laughs> yeah, I I grew up really like in the country side, I guess you could say. Mm. My mom still lives in the same house that I grew up in actually. Yeah. (laughs) And I was always out in the woods and like down by the creek Mm. um, most of my childhood. And actually, I guess now in this day and age, like a lot of parents would be like, not allowing their kids <laughs> yeah. to do that like I would basically mm-hmm. say like all right bye mom like see you and I would be gone for like five hours and just literally be exploring like wow. down by the creek and like looking at the animals and like following the water where is it leading and wow. like getting lost in the trees like climbing trees <laughs> yeah like, and sometimes with my friends but also like also by myself like I also loved doing that even when I was like a small girl like mm. I would just go out there and like I felt so happy and so at peace, just like completely surrounded by these trees and nature and animals. And Mm. I loved it. Yeah. And, um, whenever my family had a vacation or something, we most of the time went camping actually. That was like, yeah, that was like our vacation was like, Mm. okay, like load up the car and the tents and we're going to go somewhere. And that's awesome. um, Yeah. And it's kind of stuck with me ever since like I don't know I I think Mm. it's just deeply ingrained in my system that nature is just like where I feel like the most at peace and calm and um yeah Mm. just in touch with myself the universe the world like it just feels right to me 
That's so beautiful. And that makes sense to me now because I know you're working in the environmental field. So, of course, that makes a lot of sense. You've grown up in nature. Like, you feel at home there. So, yeah. Uh, can you tell us, like, I guess because I know you already. I'm like, I can lead the questions pretty well, maybe. Like, can you tell us, like... Okay, maybe we should backtrack to how you no. got to Germany and then you mm. can tell us about like the environmental field that you're working in because it's so cool. Sure, yeah. So how I got to Germany. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess uh, now I, I admit that I came here for love. Yeah. <laughs> Originally. As we do. Yeah, yeah. But it was, it was really divine timing, I would yeah. say, because... I had just quit my job mm. in the U.S. Like after after Zambia, I was working in California, and then this job was not going as I had thought it would be. And mm. then it was like, okay, what what is the next opportunity? Yeah. And basically, this opportunity presented itself of come to Germany and <laughs> learn German and yeah. see if you like it. And mm. I was very open at the time and really love. I love uh, being in other countries and yes. being in, with international people and like <laughs> mm. just having this global uh, community and mm. vibe. Like I love that so much. So I was like, okay, like I won't say no to this opportunity. Yeah. All right. Let's go for it. <laughs> so Yeah. And so I came to Germany and I couldn't speak a word of German. Mm. I had taken like, I, w I wouldn't even call it a course. Like I basically like did like this two week like I don't know like my name is Hannah my name is Hannah okay great I'm gonna do so well when I arrive and I and I got here and I was like my name is Hannah yeah what like wow whoa like it was so interesting for me because I had had the experience in Zambia where I knew that it was going to be like a very different culture. Mm. I knew, okay, I have to wear, I can't show my knees because the culture doesn't, um, it's not a culturally appropriate. Right. Um, that's totally okay, understandable, mm. no problem. But <laughs> when I came to Germany, I felt like I had this false um, expectation that it would be really similar to the US mm. because I thought, okay, Western European, I was in Zambia, okay, pretty much Germany is like the US. Yeah. And I got here and I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> this is not like where I come from. Like, totally different. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and um, I came like 2016, which mm. was one of like the hardest winters in March. So oh, wow. it was, yeah, it was like, I remember like, I'm usually very outgoing and social and like the first to say hi, welcome, and, and talk to people. Yeah. And I was sitting, or I was in a um, bakery, and I had met um, my boyfriend at the time for lunch, mm -hmm. and the guy was like at the counter looking at me and like wondering what I was going to order, and I was like, I was just completely like dumbfounded and, and speechless. Like I was standing there like... <laughs> um, um, uh, it, like I, it, like he was speaking German to me, but I, mm. it, nothing was registering. Like I was just completely like, what, what? And and like my my ex boyfriend at the time would said, I have never seen you like that. Before. No, <laughs> I have never seen you like shut down like that or like be shy. And and that was wow. like my introduction to Germany. I was wow. like, wow, okay, like different culture, different language. Mm. And I went to my language course. 
and I could basically only say like my name is Hannah. Yeah. All the other and Shaisa. Like those are the same like Shaisa. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone else could like understand like most things because yeah. they had been living in Germany for like six months, one mm. year, oh and they were God. taking A one level. And I and I wow. was just completely lost. So the first like few weeks I was just like what is going on? Like, mm. it's. I think it was. It's also like, it was a really good personal growth opportunity to like mm. be in these social situations where I had to be silent because. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Gemini finds it hard. Yeah, because yeah, normally that's not the case. Yeah. Let me be honest. No, uh, I mean because I'm used to being really social and, yes. and connecting with people, and I yes. really felt like so out of my um, comfort zone mm. being silent at these parties and around a bunch of people and and it was really hard for me but I, I recognize that actually that's maybe good to like mm. have these experiences that are so um, so much contrast to what yeah. we're normally used to because how else will you know what it feels like on the other side as well and like to so like, yeah, also be like compassionate and sensitive mm. to like everybody else and also, if there is somebody who doesn't speak the language when you're in their presence, like being aware of like how that feels now and yeah. just, I don't know. So gaining, true. Yeah. Like gaining well, more awareness of those kinds mm, of things. Yeah. Super, super interesting. Yeah. It is so scary though. Like, yeah, just yeah. coming here and it's like, oh, am I on a fucking new planet? Like it was, yeah, super intense. And like, I can relate to how like, yeah, this being silent thing, that was what was really hard for me. Like coming here like meeting my boyfriend's parents and all the friends and like I can't say anything and they don't really understand English and Mm -hmm. then it's like you almost your personality is changed and you feel like you can't express yourself and it feels so weird Mm -hmm. like yeah so crazy so obviously now you've been here for like three years right and you're yeah. speaking in german and you work trying yeah. you're working in german um, as well i mostly like our communication mm. is um like outward to the world is english spanish and french yeah so i work in english but mm. most of my colleagues are german so yeah I, I do speak some german with them yeah yeah, yeah. it's so, so cool yeah. like looking back on like yeah when you first arrived at the bakery having this like shock like i can't say anything and now yes. like being able to communicate in German, like I know you've just moved into a new place and you've yeah. like arranged everything by yourself in German, yeah. right? Yeah. So impressive. Totally. So, so cool. What would you say is being like, um, okay, so like when you moved here, it was like a huge like culture shock. Mm-hmm. What, what sort of things for you were like the most shocking compared to the US, like German culture wise? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> well, where I come from, like the closest city is Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. and we have a we have a saying for the the city. It's keep Portland weird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Love we're it. pretty like uh, hippy dippy mm-hmm. and like eco friendly. Like um, <laughs> a lot of people are biking and like yeah. wearing dresses and wild colors and like hiking boots like mm-hmm. on the business street. Yeah. Um, and I found like the style was just so different here. Like here it was like gray, black, black, gray, 
Oh, there's a blue. Dark yeah. blue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, very, very dark, dark colors. Mm. Um, like, not a lot of bright colors. And yeah. I even found myself, like, scaling back on also mm. what I was wearing of, like, Oh, I I wore this in the U.S., but I'm not going to wear this here because yeah. I actually don't feel like I would fit in mm. wearing this because it's so bright or yeah. has, like, a weird pattern, like, because everything here is, like, so plain and, like, so, mm. like, stylish. I don't know. I like, you know, in mm. a different kind of way. Like, one of my best friends always says, like, oh, they're so stylish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I've been trying to incorporate actually more colors. Mm. Um, that's like my own personal challenge of like, yeah, yeah I'm going to wear I'm gonna more, own it. Yeah, I'm going to own it and like yeah. wear some bright colors. Why not? Hell um, yes. Yeah. So that was definitely like a big shock, I would say. And um, then just like the public transportation, I'm, I bike everywhere. So the first thing um, mm. I was doing here was hopping on... Um, these like free bikes that you can take around the city uh, as you know like they're called <laughs> and you can basically like rent them for 30 minutes for free and mm. there's stations everywhere so I would that's how I got around like for the first year actually so cool. was through um Stadras and love biking it. all the time mm. so I, I love biking because there's paths everywhere mm. really bike friendly and so that's beautiful I mean that's one good thing about uh, living in Hamburg is um, that it's really bikeable because it's so flat. Mm. So that's one thing about uh, not living in the mountains is that you can <laughs> yeah. bike. So there are some pros to not living in a mountainous area. Yeah. Okay. And so like, okay, so at the beginning it was like this huge contrast with the colors and everything. Now you've been here for three years. Are you starting to see like a small like gap between the culture as like things that you've you're getting used to or you've like adopted a certain German way in any sense? I'm just curious. Oh, you should ask my my friends that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have a lot of German friends. Really yeah. integrating girl. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying. Love it. Um, yeah. Um uh what was the question? No, I totally like, lost it. Like Okay, so as an example, like with myself, so the question was like, is there anything, like after being here for three years, is there anything that you feel like integrated with? Mm. Like for example, with myself personally, obviously like the German culture is very like straightforward, cold cut, like (laughs) not many emotions, no, I don't want to say not many emotions, but we are robots. (laughs) I am German. Kidding. Germans are not. There's no Germans listening. <laughs> Sorry. Germans are people and don't have many emotions. No, no. You know what I mean? Like, like for example, in the UK and the US, we like beat around the bush and we're like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, would you mind if we did? Like, mm. there's none of that bullshit. It's just very like clear to the point. I love that. And yeah, I love it. It's so authentic. It's so straightforward. Yes. There's none of the crap attached. And yes. I feel like since living here, I've really been able to adopt this. And even my mom, like, she's really, like, commented and noticed. She's like, wow, like, you're so assertive now. I'm like, yeah, I know, right? It's I'm so German now. <laughs> so is yeah. there, like, anything kind of like that that you've experienced? I, can, I can definitely relate to that one. Mm. Yeah, like, I yeah. love how most Germans, stereotypically, are quite honest and yeah. straightforward. I really, really love that. Like in the mm. US, we really love to dance around things. Like mm. if I am, if somebody's upset, 
or frustrated or annoyed by me, I really want them to just tell me. Yeah, right. Like, I would love yeah. to just know because mm-hmm. I don't want to play this guessing game. And not have like the passive aggression and yes. just like have it oh, we are, like, on the table. Yes. Pa- um, passive aggressive behavior. Like, mm. I don't miss that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no. I don't miss that. <laughs> um, yeah, so I definitely would say I, 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 I think I was always more on this on the spectrum of being more assertive anyway yeah. in the U.S., but I think it's definitely heightened since being mm. here, just becoming more more honest and also just more authentic to yeah. myself of like, yeah, this is who I am, this is how I feel, and mm. of course caring about other people as I'm speaking to them, but like yeah. just staying true to like what's going on within myself and mm. um, yeah, as much as I can. And I think Germans tend to be... Um, decently good at that yeah, yeah. It just makes everything say. so much easier as well yeah. right like yeah you don't have to worry about someone like saying something just to make you feel good it's like yes. no this is it and totally. like and when i feel like when germans say like nice things it's like wow yeah like, it means something right yeah yeah you know they're real. not going to just lie to you about it. Like, exactly. Really. Um, so that's that's really nice. And and also, you know, this whole, like, being punctual thing. Oh, yeah. um, I actually <laughs> do value it. Like, mm. at first it was like, okay, really? Like, my friends would be meeting me and they would text me two minutes late. And no <laughs> way. Yes, literally. Okay, make that three. And I'm like, oh, that's my God. Hilarious. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like 20 minutes late right now. <laughs> <laughs> speed up. Speed up. <laughs> That's so funny. um, But I think there's something to it, right? It's like being where you say you're going to be. And like if you can't, then yeah, Mm. like sticking true to your word. I I have, I can value that. I value that a lot more. And I'm, that's actually (laughs) one of my like 2020 goals is like to stop (laughs) being so late to everything. Like get there in time. So airy. Yeah. Like give myself the Mm. time I need. Like I'm always just like scheduling in 20 million things and like even though if I stopped for a second and Mm. really thought about it like I would realize there's no way I can possibly get there in time if I'm doing x y and z before yeah so just thinking ahead yeah thinking Mm. thinking ahead and actually recognizing like what is going to work and what not and being Mm. okay with that that like you're not going to achieve everything that's on your list in general every single day like you won't achieve everything realistically Mm. and like that's perfectly normal and okay like yeah that's so true I love that yeah because I had this thought like okay yeah so for today like I took a day off from work which I I don't want to say never but I very very rarely do I very rarely have one day where I'm like I'm not doing anything but today was one of those days where I'm like no like I'm taking this super super seriously and in my head I was like my ego was like but you have so Mm. much on your to-do list and then my soul was like you are always going to have so much on your to-do list. Totally. There is always going to be things you need to do. Totally. So just take this day, like, for you and rest. And, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad that I did. But I feel like, actually, this is perhaps a flaw of the German culture, whereas, like, it's so valued to, like, overwork, work hard, work hard, work hard, mm-hmm. and, and, like, rest and, like, being maybe creative and slowing down, I don't think is that mm-hmm. valued here. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah, I I do feel like people tend to like pack because maybe like it goes along with them being so punctual. Yeah, the culture mm. like they 
seems like a lot of people pack in their schedule like mm. to the hour of like yeah. you know like this is happening <laughs> now and then this is happening oh like actually can we schedule for two weeks out you know yeah, shit, um, that's where I'm at now yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's also kind of where I'm at because now I have yeah. German friends and, and I'm yeah. like oh shit like my calendar's mm-hmm. filling up too like yeah. okay make it two weeks <laughs> yeah, okay let's see um, yeah. but I find it like I don't know like it's a tough balance for me especially like at the moment because I really like that because I know it's like it's giving me something to look forward to and mm. it's also like then I'm making sure I see people that I want to see which is yeah. also really important to me so but, true. but then on the other hand I feel like I'm lacking a bit of this like spontaneity yeah, like I, so I miss like this like spontaneity like spontaneous like hey what are you doing like, yeah right like, come on <laughs> over you know like let's yes. do this and yeah. I also love that and I don't mm. want to like eliminate those opportunities and moments for like like a creative meetup and just like yeah. let's hang out and mm. oh you're like you live next to me like I'm gonna stop by and like yeah um, so I kind of miss that a little bit so um, true so I don't know somehow finding a balance yeah it's harder as like we like people have more and more responsibilities to so mm. like find that that happy balance of like yeah being like giving your it's almost like you have to plan in time to like be free mm. like to be spontaneous you know like here's the time <laughs> to be spontaneous yeah. which is really weird right it's like, an oxymoron <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, so interesting. And I know, like, you do have a lot going on in your schedule. So maybe we can, like, dive in now, um, like, more of, like, your work project and, like, all about what you're doing there. Yeah. Would you like to share? Sure. Yeah. So um, maybe, like, just a little bit before Mm. the job, I, what led me to the job was um, I got my master's here in Germany. Yeah, and um, I I got a degree in global sustainability science. Wow! And it was um, a really cool experience. It was with uh, um, eight other students. Mm. So three from South. Oh no! So two from um, South Africa, two from the U.S., and three Germans. Wow! Yeah, and we had uh, three semesters at a German university, Loifana University, and then one at Arizona State University. Oh, cool. And then in the end, we got degrees from both universities, like, so from both countries. Wow. So for me, it was, like, a win-win situation. Yeah. I got, like, basically to also pay the mm. German uh, tuition fee, which, for those who don't know... 350 euros per semester for everything for everything and guess what that includes public transportation yeah like there is no way that that would Mm. ever happen in the u.s like just impossible for a master's even Mm. like wow so i mean i could not say no to this opportunity and in the end i got a degree also from the u.s that's incredible and from germany so it was like this is a win-win situation for Mm. me um yeah and um so then i i finished my my degree, and then I got an internship at a um, sustainability consultancy in Hamburg um, mm. that was absolutely horrible. Oh, no! <laughs> and when being totally honest, yeah, it was yeah. really lots of hierarchy, mm. and I was the intern, had to load the dishwasher, yeah. and, like, just, like, really strange. Yeah, we spoke opinion. about this before, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, but then I, so I was looking for full-time jobs and mm-hmm. I stumbled across the job I have now and, um, I, I read about the company and I saw like, oh wow, like they are, um, manufacturing and producing and designing solar powered water pumps. 
Um, and then, of course, I was thinking about my time in Zambia. Yeah. Well, I used to pump water from a hand pump, um, which has a borehole drilled down into the ground. That's how they got water. Um, I used to use that every single day. So, um, wow, like, how amazing would it be to have a system where it's completely run off of um, solar for Mm. communities around the world to um, get water for, for drinking, for their crops, for animals, whatever. Um, yeah. And so I, I found this company and um, I'm actually working in marketing, mm. which is like not what I had expected because yeah. um, I didn't study marketing. Mm. Um, but I, um, I was like, for me, it was either I get a job working in sustainability, like yeah. some, I don't know, sustainability expert in some company or organization mm. in any kind of um, genre or theme, yeah. um, or I work for a company that whose mission is in line with sustainability or mm. something I believe in, yeah. doing something I think I would enjoy. And so, yeah, the second option came <laughs> to fruition, yeah. and that's where I am now. And I actually love it because... As a kid, I used to um, sing and create um, like movies and ah. all these kinds of things. Like yeah. that was like my hobby. Like mm. I would make up songs, and then I would also like make little like basically I was like storytelling like wow. all the time as a kid. Like yeah. I remember one time in second grade, I had um, <laughs> wrote I wrote a song. It was called "Rolling Through the Rolling Through the Highway." <laughs> There was like all these different characters, like mm. a boy, a girl, a tree, a dog, <laughs> and I like recruited all these kids no to be yeah, to be a part of this song. Oh my goodness! To play it in front of the class, and so I sang in front of the class and like had all the like actors um, in the song who were like acting it out. So I like love doing these kinds of things of like coordinating different like basically stories, songs, mm. and. Um, I don't know, like spreading messages that were like fun and um, that's kind of what I'm doing now. Like I get to like create different um, fun messages and I've been doing some videos and um, yeah, for something I like, I believe in. Like that's, Mm. that's first and foremost, like the most important for me is that like what I'm doing, like ultimately like is something that I can stand behind and I think is maybe doing something to slightly at least improve the situation of the world like Mm. I think that is really important to me so beautiful Hannah and it really seems like yeah you came full circle right like you said you started off with a hand water pump and now you're at this company helping to distribute to others which is just yeah it's such a beautiful story how they're all like just sewed together so well and also okay you mentioned a little bit you're making videos and I know that you're doing like some work on the side to do yeah. with voiceover yeah. so if you can share I think that would be so cool to talk about as well yeah yeah so after I um had graduated I was looking for all different kinds of jobs and mm. I think there's a little bit of a niche here in um, Germany and as a as a native English speaker living in a foreign country, mm-hmm. oftentimes that can be an asset. Like mm-hmm. people, you you can find like that people want that or need that for some things. Yeah. Um, and so I had seen um, an advertisement for a U.S. native English speaker 
for videos. I had no idea really what it was. Honestly. I was like, okay, like apply, like let us know if you have experience, like public speaking or any of these kinds of things. And I had a little bit of that. So I thought, yeah. like, I have no idea really what this is about. I, I, to be honest, I spent like one hour, like putting something together. And mm. then I was like, okay, I'll send it. Like, who knows what will happen. I love and it. And then like, Four months later, I four months later. Wow, like a long time. <laughs> time. Like I got an email, like, "Hey, it took us a while to go through things, but like, are you still interested? Like, do you want to come meet us?" That's so and then I was cool. like, "Yeah, sure, okay, cool." And um, so now I do a little bit of freelance with this um, with this company that does like software development programs, mm. and um, I'm like leading people through like these tutorials and like how to use these programs. Yeah. And, random but like also really fun because I love like I said like I love doing this kind of like acting and (laughs) and speaking and like being kind of animated and like Mm. fun and um so like sometimes I'm in front of a green screen and reading a teleprompter and explaining (laughs) to people how to use these things Mm. and like um yeah and I have a couple other friends that are also in like video pre and post production and they're also looking for native native English speakers to maybe lead some roundtables and like other voiceover things going on. So I, yeah, I would love to like continue doing these things. Um, so if anyone's listening and they have a company, (laughs) she's already, (laughs) I love it. And it's so fitting as well. Like, you know, being Gemini ruled by Mercury, the planet of communication. So we love to fucking talk. Right. So I guess we do. Yeah. That's perfect. And yeah, it's so cool, like how you've got like yeah your main focus, like your dharma, yeah, helping to yeah you're helping the world make the world a little bit of a better place, like you mentioned already. So I think it's so beautiful that you're doing that, you're working there, you've got your fun creative voiceovers on the side. Can you talk a little bit about like what your like general hobbies are in Hamburg, like how you've had fun and what you get up to and that kind of thing? Totally. Um... Yeah, as you were just saying that, the first thing that came to mind, maybe also because you joined last I night. I came to my mind as well. Yeah. Hell yes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, mm. I've been, I've recently like started, yeah, dancing a little mm. bit and joining these kinds of um, uh, group dances. Um, for those that don't know <laughs> what it is, it's like kind of interesting. Look up ecstatic dance, but basically the idea of it is like, there you can go and move exactly how you feel and mm. how you want to with zero judgment which i just think is so refreshing yes. <sighs> so like good. you don't have to worry about like being in a club and somebody's like staring at you from behind mm. and like oh no or like even touching you or something yeah. right it's like mm. so you can just you're totally free to like do your own thing like be who you want to be like if you want to sit on the ground the whole time, you can. If you mm-hmm. want to, like, jump up and down, like, do jumping jacks, whatever, <laughs> whatever goes. Yeah. So it's really fun, and um, mm. I've started doing this, which is pretty cool, and kind of, like, getting more in, back in touch, I would say, with, um, like, what my soul's calling is, like, mm. joining also these amazing women's circles, which Aww. Maddie hosts. I love them so much and like they came at the perfect time as I was ending a relationship Mm -hmm. like really trying to come back into myself and and I found 
Maddie's workshop. <laughs> I was like, boom, like after that, like then we all got connected yes. in like this international community. And like, mm. that has been like a huge, like opening in my life the past few months. Like just seeing like all of these other like amazing women that are living mm. here in Hamburg that are like, yeah, like they care about shit. Like we, yeah. we like we care about like <laughs> bu- like buying good food and like taking care of our bodies mm. and like um, having like meaningful relationships. Like it's so enriching to like spend time with you all and like get to right? know this group and mm. so that's been really cool and um, yeah, I love being active. Like I love. Anytime I can get outside, like, I, <laughs> I, I will be outside, so I go, like, for jogs or runs and mm-hmm. um, also yoga, and go, I go to the gym as well. Like, sometimes I love to just, like, use equipment and um, lift weights. Like, sometimes I feel so good after yes. doing that. I love that. Um, biking and um, and music. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I love, I play a little bit of ukulele. I'm just so kind of a beginner and... Um, actually I got it before Zambia, like 10 wow. of my best friends like pitched in for the ukulele and I, so sweet. Yeah. I learned how to play mm. there. So that's um, amazing. Yeah. And like, okay. So you mentioned you're doing a lot of things, which is so cool. And I'm just curious, like, were you this active in like your social life and all the hobbies that you were doing when you were living with in the U S or do you find that you have a lot more going on while you're here? Um, you should ask my mom. No, <laughs> she would say, what does she say? She's like, oh, you're a busy body. <laughs> you're always so busy. That's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so I, I've pretty much mm. always been like this, I have to say. Yeah. yeah. Like, I've always been, like, really social. Mm. Always loved being, like, physically active. Like, I yeah. did sports my entire life. Like, wow. soccer, basketball, track. Um, <laughs> always. And then, like, mm. do also trying to do, like, yeah, my problem, quote unquote problem is like, mm. I want to do all these things. Like I love, mm. I love sports and I love music and I love dance. Mm. And then obviously like my work as well, like, yeah. but like trying to do, and then social, like trying yeah. to balance all those things can be really hard. Yeah. So I find that like lately I've been kind of going through phases. Mm. So like right now I'm more in like the like active phase. Yeah. And so I've been like maybe less social but like okay I'm going to the gym or I'm going to do yoga mm. and like having a healthy meal like kind of just focus on like my physical health yeah the past like few weeks but like before that it was like I'm going dancing like I'm like yeah music, music. <laughs> like I don't know like, so I'm kind of maybe going through phases mm. and somehow fulfilling all of those little that's niches. beautiful um yeah. but it's hard it's a work in progress to mm. like like so I don't tricky. know where you feel like I don't know if anyone's ever feeling balanced in every single way. Like, mm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but Cause that would be know. like one of my next questions. Like what, like with all of the things that you do have going on, like, do you have like a self care practice or something that you do to just really like slow down from everything that you're doing? It's mm. a very good question. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, um, I find that, like, cooking actually is really almost, like, um, a meditative, like, state Mm. for me. Like, I always look forward to, like, I come home and I'm just, like, in the zone. I'm, like, cut, 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 (laughs) like, put it all together. And it's not, like, I'm not a recipe-following person. Mm. Like, I rarely read a recipe unless I'm baking and then I could really mess things up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, just cooking, Mm. I'm super intuitive. So I'm just 
putting in like what I'm feeling and I'm just moving like with the feeling of it all and it. it, it's just and it yeah. works that and curry it was so good yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah um, I love that so yeah I think that's one thing and um I try to journal as well I love writing mm. I also love writing yeah um so when I when I find when I make the time yes when I make the time mm. to write um I basically almost always actually I don't know a time where I didn't feel better mm. after I did it so then That's I'm wondering why am I not doing it all the time and it's yeah. like because I'm just not motivated enough to do it or something I don't mm. know and how do you write do you just like free write or do you have a question and then you answer it what does your process look like that um I often free write mm. just like let it all out yeah. on, on the paper mm. um, but sometimes I'm like if I really want to focus on like if I maybe if I'm in like a bad state or even if I'm in a good state I'll focus on like what am I grateful for and then yes. I will really write down like I'm so thankful for this this person or this mm. experience I had or this this opportunity or whatever and and so focusing on those kinds of things and then of course writing down what I want as yes. well Ooh, and in the hopes and in the understanding <laughs> that it will manifest wow. if I'm then believing yes that's what I believe mm-hmm. um that if you're thinking about something or writing it writing it down can make it really concrete girl yes I feel you I actually did this practice today as well like yeah just writing down what I would want to manifest in like the first person and then visualizing it so I'm just so with you on that so what would you say is like the biggest thing that you've manifested in your life (laughs) wow that's really (laughs) so far Um, wow um, so I, I just started learning about like, I don't know, the theory behind this mm. of like manifestation yeah. and like kind of like this law of attraction or law of resonance, mm. um, kind of thing. Like yeah. I only started learning about like the name to this recently in mm. the past like months, I would say. Yeah. Um, so it's, but I know that I've been doing it my whole life. I love like, that. I realized that yes. like now I know, have a name to what I've done mm. because I know in the past, like before I was about to go to Australia, like I was visualizing myself like in a foreign country and like wow. having this experience mm. and, and like, then those things were happening. Um, so powerful. Yeah. So That's it's so hard to cool. say exactly. But, so yeah. exciting. We'll have to have you back on and ask you like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. The next time. Oh my, no, I love it. Yeah, it's so good. And and um, how were you like introduced to this law of attraction? And this is this like something that like your family mm. is into or like? Good question. Um, yeah, I I was um, I was raised religious, like mm, Christian. I didn't know that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah, actually, my my biological father was a pastor wow. and my mom and my father met at this Christian um, ministry group mm. called Shiloh in the U.S. like okay. back in the 70s when they basically like lived off the land and like wow. cultivated and harvested their own like food and lived in community Christian communities and like that's how my mom and dad met is like wow. in this community yeah so they were like 
full-on like dedicated um christians really yeah and um Damn. so that's how i was raised and but then my family or my mom and dad got a divorce when mm. i was um seven yeah and yeah that's a whole other story as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um then i had like a stepfather come in when i was about nine and he had um one daughter he has one daughter mm. who's a year older or a year younger than me yeah and um so i have three older siblings and then this um ex-stepsister because mm. actually my mom and my stepfather divorced when i was 16 okay which was also a very um yeah monumental or mm. um very big moment in my life when i was 16 and, and they split up and a lot of that's the reason kind of why I became a feminist is through all mm, of this kind of um, wow. yeah uh, stuff that I experienced and, mm. and saw in their relationship and was also a part of um, okay. so really impacted me to like become like a really strong independent mm. woman um, when I was yeah 16 mm. really and can we just pause for a second yeah. what does feminism mean to you like when you say i'm a feminist like what does that mean to you because i think there's so much confusion around the term terminology of like what a feminist actually is so if you could share i think that would be super interesting sure yeah um so feminism what does feminism mean to me i guess if you if you look up like the definition is really quite simple it's mm. Um, it giving like equal opportunity and equal rights mm. to uh, men and women, like yeah. or believing that they deserve um, mm. equality. It's like the belief that they <laughs> they deserve equality. It's not an extreme thing. Mm. Like when you're a feminist, like wow, you believe that women and men deserve um, equality. Mm. Wow. It like I think people have this idea that it's like, like it's like men like women hating men like yeah. so many people like even a friend recently she uh yeah a friend just mentioned to me something and she's like oh but I'm not a feminist I'm like oh but why not because you don't you do believe in equal rights yeah. for men and yeah. women she's like yeah I'm like then you are a feminist but I guess our culture has this idea is like ooh feminist like men haters like do you know mm -hmm. what I mean and it's such Absolutely. a shame like. Yeah. such a shame to suppress such an important part yes. of, of society and culture like to bring this equality in so absolutely yeah mm. yeah so I tried to I especially when I like started learning about that I really tried to incorporate that in like all conversations mm. and like also ask men like so do you think that you're a feminist like well, yeah you know what it means like basically you think it should be equal for men and women and, yeah like, those opportunities and mm. um yeah, I mean, it's like we're trying to spin or um, tip the pendulum like mm. back so women can start like um, mm. having more opportunities and, and yeah. Um, yeah, it's not about like taking over, like taking <laughs> over the world. Although that would be interesting. No. Who around um, the world, yeah. girls? Yeah. <laughs> Who around the world, girls? <laughs> Yeah, so I'm all about like empowering young girls mm. and women and um, trying to lift up really, like, um, this female, female energy. Sisters. And yes. how do you practice feminine in your like own daily life or mm. like personal life or like in general? That's a good question. I think probably um, music 
mm-hmm. is a big one. Yeah. Like when I'm singing, mm-hmm. I feel more in touch with like my feminine. Yeah. And yeah, also dance as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, I know that was maybe a hard question. Like, how have you practiced feminine? Because I guess like. I guess, I guess really in a sense, like every act of your being is an act of feminism, like just this presence and knowledge that... Oh, oh did you say practicing feminism or feminism? Yeah, it's oh, feminism. Oh, I thought you said feminism. <laughs> feminism. Oh. But I guess like, I guess really like everything that you do comes from a place of like... Yes. Equality for all, right? Yeah, and I think... Um, now that I know, understand what you said, like, um, <laughs> I think it's also about like speaking up when something doesn't feel right yeah. as well. Like, um, mm. if it doesn't feel right, if it feels like someone is like putting women down for, mm. I don't know, just being only sexual or like mm. just, um, I don't know, like not smart enough or anything like that, like speak up and say like, yeah. that's, okay, that's not really that cool. Like, is that really what you think? Mm. Um, and it's interesting because I'm around, like, so many men in at, at my work. Yeah. Um, it's mostly men because it's, like, engineering and yeah. technical, <laughs> you know, the stereotypical things, which, yeah. you know, which I think we're also culturally raised to go into these fields, mm. um, at least historically in the past, like, 100, 200 years, whatever. But yeah. um, so I definitely have experiences where I'm, like, wow, I'm so aware that I'm, I'm a woman. Like I have these experiences all the time of like, Mm. whoa. And also like maybe sometimes I think people are pretty respectful, but, um, sometimes there's comments made or like, I don't know. And and I, I speak up, I say things and I, and I'm like, Oh, I don't really know about that. Like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. And you know, like sometimes it catches them off guard and they're like, huh? Um, mm. and I'm like, yeah, like, let's talk about it. That's mm. fine. And, um, I think that that's what we need to do is like speak up for things that seem unjust mm. and, but come at it from like a point of compassion, you know, not like, I don't, I mean like however, however you feel is how you feel. But I, I feel like when people feel as though they're being attacked, it's not really, no one is going to really gain anything from that. Yeah. Like the, nobody's like, if you're going into something like trying to teach a lesson to someone Mm. like probably they will revolt and like not want to hear it Mm. so it's kind of like also approaching it in a way of like how can we like form an understanding like Mm. together and not like I'm right you're wrong yeah you know with any kind of discussion Mm. like because that's you know I guess as well like I guess they're doing this like with unconscious behavior and when you make that little comment yeah I guess it makes them think about what they're actually saying and then maybe next time they won't say it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I like that you're like planting the seeds yeah mm. little seeds that's awesome I love it <laughs> yeah. I love that yeah it's so good and I really feel like feminism sisterhood is like on the rise like I'm seeing like all over Instagram lately, like, there's a lot of talk about the yoni, and, like, I'm seeing so many images of, like, yoni art, yonis in nature, and roses, and trees, and, like, I don't know, even, like, a year ago, like, I I never saw that, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I feel like Mm -hmm. now it's becoming, like, a safe space culturally to, like, talk about our pleasure, like, talk about masturbation, and, like, 
I don't know, like, yeah, what it means to truly be a woman, and, like, totally. it's so cool, like, it yeah. just feels so good to be a part of this collective as well, and, like, hold this space yeah. for and, women and to do that. Absolutely, absolutely, and also, like, allowing a space for men to do it, too, yes. right, like, mm. also, like, inviting them into the conversation, like, mm. I think it's really important to have, like, women's circles just for women also yes. and like also circles for men and like you know to have to, to have that energy around you because I mm. think there is like um benefits to like having that contrast but I think also like bringing men into the conversation of like yes. yeah like let's let's talk about <laughs> this like let's talk about our feelings like yes. what's, what's really going on here mm. um and like making it okay for them to like talk about it because like mm. as women we we learn from a really young age like how do we work through something like okay talk to your girls talk to yeah. your sisters like oh my gosh like calling your friend like <laughs> guess what happened like this happened da, 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 and they're like oh well how did you feel about yeah. it and like what are you thinking now and mm. how do you feel like you're when, how are you gonna manage it and like that's what we learn from like age five you know yeah. and like you see your friend at school and like they give you a giant hug and they're like oh I'm so sorry you went through mm. that or like I'm so happy to see you you know like yes. we're just like in it like, <laughs> from a young age and yeah. like but like men and boys like oftentimes are not you mm. know like for I think a lot of it has to do with like our cultural stigma around it of like it's like you know mm. it, at least so when our age like um it was seen as like a weakness, you know? Mm. And so like, then we have these men that are now like in their late twenties, their thirties. Mm. And they're like, Oh my God, like, I don't know how to talk about my feelings because I never did it before. Right. And you're like, what? Like, <laughs> you're know, with a woman and they're like, what? Like, how do you, yeah. like, how can you not talk about your feelings? Like, that's mm. what I grew up doing. Like, that is just me, you know? And so I think also like having an understanding of like, okay, wow, like, you literally have never done this before, yeah. so this is how you do it. And, like, kind of, like, almost, like, leading by example yeah. a little bit of, like, mm. okay, like, this is what's going on, like, how does that land for you? Like, well, what, what's going on with you? Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Super powerful. Like, this is for sure on the rise, though, because we were, like, having a little conversation before dinner about, like, yeah, how I'm, like, noticing more, like, guys within our sphere who are, like, really, like, yeah tapped into that feminine and not afraid to like (laughs) express it and like want to be nurtured and want be and be the nurturer I think oh it's just so so important and this as well goes into like some deeper spiritual teachings of like especially in the Gnostic Christianity it's like this beautiful marriage of like divine feminine and divine masculine even in Hinduism with Shiva Mm -hmm. and Shakti the yin and the yang and Taoism like every like major religion and philosophy always leads back to this emergence of the divine feminine and masculine like with like you know women activating that inner masculine men activating that inner feminine just creating this balance and harmony so yeah i think i think there's a rising Mm. on the planet which is so cool and speaking of spirituality we have some little oracle cards that's a nice segue speaking of spirituality (laughs) i'm gonna pull a little card for hannah and we'll see what comes out so (laughs) okay this is always fun okay so we're just gonna ask what does hannah need to know right now Woo! oh my god did you see that fly Oh my goodness. Okay. Balance is fucking hilarious. <laughs> so there's like this card with a little elephant and he's like 
balancing on a little um what would you call that barrel a barrel exactly okay (laughs) balance this is hilarious that looks about right right. yeah because I guess like you've been saying like you're juggling so many different things and so much which is so fucking classic Gemini again right we have so many passions and we want to be doing everything at once but in reality Mm. it's just really not sustainable to be doing that many things like we definitely can juggle about four or five things really well but when we like push it to like six seven eight (laughs) (laughs) then things get a little bit tricky and where the elephant like struggling on the wheel a little bit so Mm. yeah I guess right now especially being like closer to the winter time almost the darkest day of the year almost the new year maybe this is a really beautiful time to like go inside do your journaling and think about what things you need to let go of that are causing you to struggle on this wheel like what things Mm. can you take away to just lighten your load a little bit so you have more space to do the other things actually really matter to you the most yeah maybe it's something to explore (laughs) interesting yeah okay i think we've been talking for a fucking long time oh my god (laughs) wow we've been talking for an hour and 20 minutes felt like uh half an hour so okay so we're probably gonna wrap we're gonna wrap up the interview like I would like to wrap up with a little fire round. Just, just like a, just like some random questions. Okay. And don't think about the answer too much. Uh-huh. And uh, we'll see what comes up. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, so what is one book that you've read that's like changed your whole life or changed <gasps> your <laughs> perspective on life? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um... Mm. <laughs> the highs are no thinking. <laughs> oh, um, uh, what's what's the book I'm reading right now by um, uh, Abraham Hicks? Ask and it's given. Yeah, ask and it's given. Oh my god, that was my book that changed everything for me. Wow. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Ask and it is given. That's one of them. By Esther and by, Jerry Hicks. By Esther and Jerry Hicks. Um, yeah. So really incredible yeah yeah all about the law of attraction Mm. and um yeah it gives a lot of like also like practical like and technical Mm. ways to like manage kind of like thinking about what you want and how to manifest all of those things so good yeah this was a book that like triggered my spiritual awakening or like reawakening when i was at uni i read that book and everything changed so guys definitely recommend you get it okay next question um I think I already know the answer, but are you a dog person or a cat person? Um, I would have to say a dog. I knew it. But I also <laughs> love cats. I love all animals so yes. much. I had cats growing up and dogs, so mm. I love both. Oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about, like, veganism. Oh, yeah, we Oh, did. God, we're going to have to do another interview because we can't make <laughs> yeah, this, like, yeah. oh, that's, yeah, three that's hours. Oh, that's a good one to actually talk about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. What is your favorite meal, like, vegan meal? Oh, my favorite meal. Ooh. So hard. I love food <laughs> so much, and so many different meals. Um, yeah, I mean, we just had this curry, which oh, was amazing. Oh, that was so, it was so good. good. We had eggplant, tofu, coconut, um, coconut mm. milk. Um, oh, yeah, ginger, garlic. Yes, I love just putting tons of veggies mm. um, and yes. some something saucy and delicious, yeah. and then with like rice or pasta mm. or like combining it and then having something fresh on the top like so some good. cucumbers <laughs> or like cilantro or tomatoes and 
Oh, beautiful. All together. Yeah. Love it. So, okay, if you could go back to your, like, 18-year-old self and give her one piece of advice, what would you say? Or what advice would you mm-hmm. give? Trust in the divine timing of things. Oh, I love yeah. that. That's super yeah. beautiful. Don't worry about what's coming. Like, just keep doing your thing and things will work mm. out. Wonderful. What is your favorite color? Oh. <laughs> black. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, you're wearing all black now. <laughs> oh, rainbow. I like, I don't know. It depends on my mood. Mm. It depends on my mood. You feeling? Um, I wanted to say lavender when oh, I first said that. I don't okay. know why, but yeah. it just like came to my mind, and I was like, "That mm. feels good." Nice. Do you have a favorite crystal? Um, I I'm not not really. I'm yeah, because I noticed you that. had some in the bathroom. One of them is from your women's circle, <laughs> and the other is from my sister, which Aww, is like um, sweet. called Tiger. It's like Tiger's eye. I think so. Yeah. yeah something mm. with like inner strength or something. Mm. And yeah, she gave it to me. So I wanted to like keep it here. And yeah. So sweet. Yeah. Do you have a, a fun fact about yourself you can share? Oh, <laughs> um, I used to be a pole vaulter. Oh my God. Yes. I remember. You told me that before. Yeah. I was so shocked. Yeah. My ex-stepfather was a um, pole vault coach wow. so we had a pole vaulting pit like a whole setup in my front yard mm. so we were like jumping I don't know the guys would jump like 17 feet in the air Damn. and we were like doing that in our neighborhood road so I yeah That's I used to be a pole vaulter crazy yeah. I love it it's so cool you don't oh so many cool things okay one last question so what a pe- what piece of advice would you give to women who are wanting to practice more like feminism or like tap back in like tap back into femininity or feminism Mm. this doesn't have to be a firearm but do you like have a piece of advice like Mm -hmm. where someone can start or something like that i would say like our biggest like one of the biggest causes of unhappiness is comparison Mm. comparing ourselves to others so i would recommend like Stop comparing yourself. Like, don't compare yourself to other people. Like, there's only one you. Like, how amazing is that? <sighs> so good. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So important. So, so, so important. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Just learning to, yeah, value who you are and thinking mm. about all of the amazing characteristics you have and really thinking, like, wow, yeah, I am really... I am really artistic or like, mm. oh wow, like I am like a really good friend yeah. and like thinking about like the positive attribute attributes that you have and like mm. feeling proud and like also not feeling embarrassed or ashamed that you're proud of those things because you should be proud of those things and like yeah. honor yourself and like, of course you have amazing qualities, like mm. think about those and like, um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Like I agree, these things should be like celebrated because... I don't know about in the US, but in the UK, like if you say like, oh yeah, I love that about myself, you're seen as like uh, vain yes, or... Yes, which that's, is exact, so sad. that's exactly why I, I said that because it's mm. the same in the US. It's yeah. Like, wow, okay, she's pretty full of herself, mm. you know, but it's yeah. like, actually like, no, like so embrace. Yeah. Yes. Like, we have to start by loving ourselves and like appreciating our qualities mm. before we can expect other people to. 
Amen, sister. Ah, I love it. I love it so much. Well, oh, Hannah, thank you so much yeah, for chatting with you, me Maddie. on the podcast. It was so fun. I loved it. Oh, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. It's a bit of a long one, but you know, we did say you have to Gemini, so <laughs> there we go. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you. So that wraps up my conversation with Hannah. I so hope you enjoyed it. I hope you were able to laugh along with us at all the beautiful stories and insights that Hannah did share with us. And yeah, if you enjoyed this episode, if you know someone who will, then please share it along. It's a super new podcast, so super, super grateful when you can pass along the episode to a friend or a family member who will also enjoy the content. If you want to reach out with Hannah, check out her Instagram. Basically, with my podcast, I always post on my website where you'll find a little bit more information about the inspiring woman I'm interviewing. You'll find some photos. You can put a face to the voice as well. And yeah, so be sure to check that out. As this was a longer interview, I won't go into too much about my own self and what I've been getting up to, but I will mention that Hannah and I are going in a couple days to ecstatic dance together again, as we mentioned in the episode, it's going to be the full moon in Gemini on the 12th of the 12th, which I'm just so excited about, so we're going to be howling away and moving our bodies and free-flowing, so yeah, maybe I can tell you in the next episode how that went. And if there are any sisters in Hamburg listening, then come and join me this Sunday, the 15th of December for my Women's Shakti Awakening Yoga and Embodiment Workshop. We'll be awakening the divine feminine state through yoga, dance, meditation, embodiment exercises, and just women's different partnered work, which a few things that I learned on my Women's Tantra course, which I'm super, super excited to bring into my workshop. So if you are interested in hearing about my Tantra teacher training experiences, definitely check out that episode on the podcast. And yeah, just thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. I love you. Take care.